Bildungsentwicklung Tanz, ein Forschungsprojekt konzipiert, gestaltet und realisiert von Paul Fossa. Heute mit Anja Offenstein. Today we are with Anja Offenstein. Anja is a sports scientist and sport psychology expert. As a sports scientist, Anja trains dance students and dancers in Munich in injury prevention and rehabilitation. As an expert in sports psychology, she also works with dance professionals in the field of mental training and support them in improving their performance and health through mental training. So, Hello, Hania. Hi, Paolo. <laughs> Thank you so Welcome. much for having me. Welcome. And um, would you like to add any information or make some correction about the short biography? No, that pretty much covers it. Um, I mean, I'm also dancing, but not professionally. That was never my plan. But um, I always wanted to work with dancers and support them. So that's basically what I'm doing now. Great, great. So first of all, thank you very much for agreeing to do this interview for my platform, Bildung and Wicklund Dance, Educational Development Dance. And of course, thank you for your time. Thank you. So I will uh, jump immediately to my first question. How does education relate to dance for you? Mm, so for me, it's basically... Um, um, two basically two sides of it. So on one side, how can we educate dancers? Like how do you, how does education need to look like in dance? And on the other side, how can we educate through dance? And so for me, education in the end, knowledge is power. And how do you get that knowledge? It's through education. And it's really like um, my way also supporting dancers, supporting my normal patients too, because I think um, you only can make like the correct choices for you if you have the knowledge and you have the education of it. And I think in dance, we quite often talk about we need self-responsible dancers. They need to make their own choices. They should stand up for themselves. They should own their voice, um, which I am quite for it. But on the other side, How do you get that? How do you get a dance, a dance student who stands up for themselves? And it's only by educating them about the choices and options they actually have. And for example, I found it quite interesting. I was at a um, symposium in Munich a couple of weeks ago, and it was about how dance education needs through transition. So how does it need to look like in the future? And I was talking to some students and they were like, yes, um, It's quite nice that we have like dance anatomy now, and but still we don't have the knowledge enough. We can't make our own choice. We are like still standing between the teachers. We can't really speak up for ourselves. And they actually said they they want to make their own choice. If they want to have a first position like this, then that's their decision. And if they want to do that, it's also their decision. But to make this decision, you basically need the education. And I think. Right now, we are going into the right direction. Like in dance schools, we are educating them more. Um, but I still think we have like quite a long way to go that it's not just done with like one hour of dance anatomy, quite theoretical um, in the curriculum. And it also starts with the teachers because um, I 
I'm quite for educating teachers more in different ways. Um, so they can implement it in the class because in the end, it's basically like the person in charge, the authorities we have, is it a dance teacher, is it a ballet director, is it a choreographer, um, they can change the climate on, they can change how dancers are educated or how can this education can be used in the dance room. So um, this is one side and um, I think we can also use dance to educate people outside of the dance area. Um, so for example, I wrote my um, one of my thesis about um, dance in schools because dance is not really educated in schools. And I also know that a lot of like the school teachers don't like dancing, um, which makes sense because they have one and a half years of learning dance themselves and then teaching it, which is why it's not a lot um, amount of time. Um, but basically I was looking into it how can we promote activity and movement for students by using dance? And um, I found it so nice because you could clearly see dance is such a good medium to promote creativity, promote movement, um, curiosity, um, because it can be so open. You can, um, it was a lot about like self-determination theory. So how can you, um, satisfy the basic psychological needs everybody has. So how can somebody have a feeling of autonomy, of competence, of relatedness in the group? And dance can be quite good for it because it's so open. Dance can be everything. And you could clearly see that it's um, it was so helpful for the students. And I find it interesting because in this way, you see dance can be quite helpful and promotive and positive. But on the other side, we often fail to actually create the same climate in a dance class. So while we are trying to do it in a school setting, like autonomy, competence, relatedness, um, make them feel more creative, be motivated, feel this intrinsic motivation, I'm doing it for myself, for the passion I have for dance. On the other hand, we're not creating that kind of climate in a dance school or in a company or something. It's more based in often like more fear motivated. Um, so I find it quite interesting that we have like these parallels, but they're not really connecting to each other. Yeah, but overall, I think um, we need more education because it's basically um, the one thing that can change things. We can, um, yeah, think about the traditions we have and what we need to bring them to the future. How can we transition in dance? Thank you. Thank you. Yes, education to free individuum. I, yeah. I think is the, the the best summary you could. <laughs> Very nice. I, I I completely agree, and I also as a um, dance teacher agree about this contradiction existing. Dance is a good medium, as you said, to free people, but in dance yeah. world there is a lot of to do to make yeah. it this as a good instrument. <laughs> yeah some i don't know how in between we get lost <laughs> between the <laughs> ends. so dear anya as a sport psychology expert applied to dance i would like you to discuss with you the importance of connecting the imaginary to movement and going a step further about the importance of the health and conscience connections 
and communication between mind and body. Can you tell us about your experiences with the dancers you had worked with and the results you have achieved? Yeah, um, so I think in dance we use imagery quite a lot, but we are not really aware of it. We mostly use it unintentionally. So um, I've been also using it myself, like um, learning movements or also like when you're teaching movements or you're giving corrections, you often use like pictures and you can clearly see how the movement quality changes. I guess we are losing that quite a lot in dance. Um, but in sport psychology, we see um, imagery or visualization, however you want to call it, um, way more open. Yes, one part is like, how do you learn movements? Or also, or for example, you can use it when you're injured and you just want to picture the movement you want to learn again or relearn. Um, but on the other side, you can use imagery for like um, actually rehearsing your choreography in your head or like specific movement parts we're not aware of it and um like i've been using this since then quite a lot like rehearsing for myself not physically um like on my more um recovery days completely going through the whole choreography in my head um because it actually you can uh, research shows that while you're doing this you're actually training your motor memory too so you're not even moving but you will get better at it. So I think that's oh, like a way we could use way more often in dance, like more specifically, more intentionally. Um, and I think one part, or oh, I'm not aware of using a dance. In sport psychology, you would also use injuries to um, picture certain situations or outcome of situations. So if I'm quite scared for an audition, for example, I could picture the whole audition process, but how can I be quite quite confident in it, how um, I'm going out successfully out of this audition. So it's not about so much of the movement, but more about what emotions, what thoughts will I have in that situation so that I'm imagining these. And I find it quite nice to use it in this way. And um, you can also see like how we're using images in dance can, I guess we can do this more purposefully. Um, for example, in dance, I think we often give like corrections more in a like internal way. So we say something like straighten your arms or squeeze your glutes or whatever it is. So it's more focused on the person. Um, but we can clearly see you can also shift that focus um, more to the outside to an external focus. So not straighten your arm, but try to um, like bring your fingers to the corner in that room or whatever it will be. Um, because we can clearly see it also changes the movement pattern and not one is better than the others. But I think as a teacher, you should also play more with these images and how I give corrections or how do I instruct movements because it makes a complete um, difference. And even if I see if a student can't, like the correction is not working, maybe I can think about another way or what another picture I can give them um, that they move in a different way. So I guess there is a lot of um, things we can turn. Also, it helps because we know we don't like mirror exposure in dance. It's not really good for body image and has more negative effects, actually. So why don't you use imagery more to learn movements so nobody has to correct themselves in the mirror? Because there, when you look in the mirror, you basically lose that connection between body and mind because you're just correcting yourself 
through the medium of the mirror, you're not feeling it. And I guess we can use imagery way more for this to actually stay in your body, feel where the movement is coming from, what intention you have, what emotion, what feeling you have in that emotion. And I guess imagery can be quite um, useful for that. Um, but maybe like um, I experienced, I had myself while working with a dancer in a sports psychological context. Um, so she was like a classical ballet dancer who got um, quite badly injured during a partnering. And I was helping her also like with the re rehabilitation process. But then it was like, okay, um, you need to get back on stage now. So how can we make you feel more comfortable in your body again? How can you gain the trust again? And so we talked quite a lot about how the injury actually happened. So how could you get injured in that partnering? And it was a lot about whose fault was it? What did the partner do wrong? And I was really surprised because then I asked her, yeah, okay, then can you explain me what kind of movement you're doing in that partnering? And it was not possible for her. It was like a complete blank space. And um, I told her, okay, so now we do step by step. Imagine this movement. What do you do? And it was quite interesting because it took her quite a long time to say like, okay, which foot am I using? Which arm movement am I doing? Um, and then like connecting to it, okay, where is the movement coming from? What kind of intention is in that movement? Can I have like, is there a specific picture in it that I get like this momentum to go into that partnering? And um, in the end, we had quite like a, like a nice storyline of imagery for her. And so the plan was then that she and her partner work in that together, that she can tell him, hey, when I'm doing this, I'm having this image in my mind. And how can you use that? How can we create the same storyline so we are not working against each other in that partnering, like how this injury actually happened, but we can work together that we are not two persons, but how can we make like one movement out of it? I found it quite fascinating. And um, we also talked a lot about because um, often when you have like injured dancers or injured person, like people in, in general, um, they have quite a clear picture of that injured side. And even if you see like an MRI or an X-ray, the injury is completely healed. Nothing, everything is fine. Nothing can go wrong. In your mind, you always have like, okay, um, no, I don't feel secure. I have feeling that this body part is still like fragile like glass or can be easily broken they, they, if you ask them they clearly have some some picture in mind and often it's like glass or something really fragile and so we also worked on how can you create like a healing imagery so how does her uninjured side what kind of picture does she get there is it strong like what picture does this like strength give her and compared even to her injured side. And then it was like the whole process, okay, what can I do so that my injured side isn't that fragile anymore? How can I turn this into the other picture, make it strong again? And um, like, what can I, what do I need to do? What kind of thoughts do I have? What emotions? And it was quite a nice process to see how she all of a sudden not use imagery more unintentionally, but with a purpose to get back on stage. And I think it quite helped her in the end. Yeah, so I guess imagery is a really good tool for dance. We're using it already, but we can definitely use it more strategically in the end.
is 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 fascinating to hear you and i think uh, in the history we always try to connect or to to split mind and body uh, since platons we're doing we're fighting with these two elements in, in us uh, but i think since uh, psychology exists as as a field as a science also uh shows the power that he, that has and, and all the what you tell us it's it's clearly for me show this and it's it's it looks to me like the the work of the future and um, but i want i don't want to go too bright i, I would like to, to ask i'm very curious do you think uh exactly this point the imagery can make a, a stronger connection between dance and sports i mean uh, there is a sport science since at least longer at 100 years as uh, science and maybe even longer in the in in some countries uh but sp- dance science it's it's quite young field and it always looked to sports but of course is is a different make the difference because sports want to achieve a result and dance want to achieve an exp- expressing uh, art form uh, but I, I i find sometimes there's a kind of competition between between these two fields can be uh, become smooth and become actually one can help the other i can imagine the future that uh, um, football player they doing some dance class to help them to enrich maybe the space and and some dancer that uh, that can start to to play with the ball to also get more used how can i connect my body to an object how can um, I, I can um, I, um, I i have some picture i'm not a great football fan but uh, is the most famous i think around as sports uh one one of the uh but there are some uh, football players and when they they doing some action they look like they dance they do in very art form uh, and they're really remarkable like there are some dancers that they're really uh, so making some acrobatic things but do you think this the, the, this imaginary exactly this this the work you're doing can help these two fields to become i don't want to say one because the, the achievement the, the goal they have is different but they can make even more comprehensive and and enrich each other yeah um i clearly think that i find this there's always this discussion is that dance an athlete or an artist <laughs> um for myself i'm getting a bit um, yeah, tired of it because in the end we are all people who are moving and whatever is helping you, supporting you, I would say use it. And for example, I also usually when I talk to dancers about sports psychology, I use the term mental training because it sounds better for them because as soon as there are sports inside there, somebody says like, hey, that's not for me. And But the basic principle behind it, if it's not sports science or in this case sports psychology is basically how can I enhance your performance? And enhancing a performance doesn't need to mean like you're being the best, you're um, faster, you know, like these more, the results we have in a sport context in competition, enhancing a performance can mean so much more. It can be that you are being more confident on the stage or can that you can be um, like, get better and in, better into a specific role you're dancing or being more creative, so enhancing a performance doesn't need to be the end result is better. And on the other side, it's like, okay, how can I improve your mental and physical health with it? And we clearly need this in dance. 
So um, I'm for it, use whatever you need. And I guess um, um, also when you look into the research, imagery is quite good in dance, but I guess like all the other methods we have in swap psychology, we can use way more. Um, but yeah, like you said, on the other side, I think um, sports can use more from dance because I mean, for example, let's take football players. They need to be creative and that's quite hard for most athletes to be creative. And I mean, um, you can also, I'm also not a football fan, but I guess you can see it into like different teams um, by being creative, you can create good opportunities to in the end, get the result you want. Um, so for the methods we use in dance, be creative, I guess can be used more in sports on the other side, things we use in sport can be used more for dance. Um, yeah, so I guess we can definitely learn from both of each other. Um, but I would just hope that in the future it's not this endless discussion. Can we, or is a dance an athlete or not? It doesn't matter. It's We want dancers to dance like as motivated, healthy and have a really successful career. So why don't we use everything we have to support them in that way? Absolutely, absolutely. I agree with you. And since you 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 quote future, <laughs> we can go to our last question. So, how do you think education of the body should be in the future? Um, for me, I would hope that um, I always have the feeling like quite often when you come with education and we need to educate people more, people are a bit scared because it can mean that we're getting rid of traditions. But I would just hope that people get more curious and see education as a change uh, like a chance to change things in a good way or um just re-evaluate things doesn't mean that they have been bad in the past but just use it as like a gateway to new ways new things like we can do and i mean more practically i would hope um i mean basic slots like with the children in the dance school system dance students that we teach them also or educate them in a more broader sense that it's not just dance anatomy because it's so much more that you are in the end uh like like a holistic dance in a way that you have that you know about psychology that you know about um so sociology wh whatever it will be but that you broaden the education more and that it also doesn't stop at school but that professional dancers freelance dancers choreographer whoever it is that they also have more um, like an easy way to education, that it's not just like, okay, there's an online workshop now from I don't know where, but that it's more integrated into everyday life because um, we all need it. And we also, we clearly see we are never at the end of it. We always learn new things. Research is coming out with new findings. Okay, we have to reevaluate how we've been doing it. Um, so that we just constantly try to integrate it. And I actually think like the dance science research is doing quite a good job because I can see it from sports science, like the difference. It's quite theoretical, but dance science actually is the, the research is done in a way that we can implement it in the dance um, studio, in the, um, in the company. So um, I would just say we, we need to use it more. And yeah, and I would just hope everybody is a little bit more open to it and just be be happy to learn more because that's what we all do. We all learn our life and I think that's quite beautiful. 
Yes, and for doing this, of course, I think we need <clears throat> more people like you, an institution, <laughs> an, an institution that uh, helps. Because I think still the problem is that between the professional dancer, if we talk about professional dancer, choreographer, and so on, and the science, there is also a, always a gap, and we need somebody to translate sometimes the two, the the two were or not translate, connect, connect, and in, in some kind of translate, because we are still not so far. And I think many many professional dancers I cannot uh, can cannot uh, independently uh, connect themselves with, for example, a scientist article. Uh, yeah. How can I apply this theory? Uh, and maybe this is the achievement you talk about. How can yeah. you read something and be able to to transform it in the studio? Yeah, yeah, I think the. The research is already done in a way that you can easily get the like the results out that you need but yes we need somebody who says then hey okay this is what we know we are implementing it in this way now in our dance school like like the middleman in in the end um because it can't be that we have like the more practical the dancers on the one side and then the research dance research on the other side and there's like no communication between them we are doing the research <laughs> for the dancers so they have a better career <laughs> as i said it's fascinating to hear you and so i thank you so much for your contribution i hope your words and sharing of your experience and path inspire our listeners and i'm sure about this and may this short conversation result in new connection for a free and productive exchange of knowledge and of course may this contribute to new discussion that enrich and improve the education system of dance and through dance so dear Anya thank you so much thank you it was really nice to talk with you about it das Forschungsprojekt wurde durch das Förderprogramm Distanzen finanziert Distanzen ist Teil des Hilfsprogramms Tanz das im Rahmen von Neue Start Kultur eine Initiative der Beauftragten der Bundesregierung für Kultur und Medien gefördert ist.